0: The Lord be with you. In 2010 my brother-in-law a man named Aaron went out to meet a breeder a little outside of Marysville and uh, he was looking at a a litter of German Shepherd puppies and as he went out to, to see these puppies one from the litter raced out to Aaron and picked him. A little puppy picked Aaron, and and Aaron named him Hesse, after Hermann Hesse, the German uh, poet and novelist. And Aaron, for the first 18 months of uh, Hesse's life, tied Hesse to his belt. And so everywhere that Aaron would walk, Hesse would follow, and when Aaron would stop, Hesse would learn to stop, and when Aaron would sit, Hesse would learn to sit. And it wasn't just when they were walking around. When Aaron would drive places, Hesse would sit in the front seat next to Aaron. And, and Aaron says that Hessa, as they would drive along through the orchards, would scan the trees, looking for squirrels. Hessa loved Aaron. And Hessa loved being with Aaron so much so that as a puppy, uh, Aaron's dad had to actually reinforce a, a wall and a door with like chainmail mesh. Because otherwise, Hessa would chew through the door whenever Aaron would leave because Hessa wanted to be with Aaron so bad and even reinforced. Hesse would chew his way through a wall to get to where Aaron was. Aaron um, at times would, would try locking a sliding door to say, okay, you know, Hesse, I have to go to work. You stay here. Hesse learned with his nose to push that door's uh, latch open. So, so Aaron put a dowel uh, in the sliding door and Aaron came down one day to find Hesse pawing at that dowel, trying to figure out how to get it out of that slot. because. Hessa wanted nothing more in this world to be with Aaron. And as the time went on, Hessa grew from an adorable little puppy to a regal giant. And we've got a photo of Aaron and Hessa right there. Isn't that a beautiful dog? But as Hessa grew in size and in health, Aaron deteriorated in health. Aaron has something called... um, degenerative disc disease and what that means is the discs between the vertebrae and his spine there should normally be a little cushion there but his are slowly disappearing and and his bone is beginning to grind upon bone and at first that manifested itself as sort of arthritis in his hands and his feet and you got to understand he's like in his mid-20s at this point perfectly healthy so this is a very strange thing And as time goes on, he he begins to develop spasms uh, in his whole body until eventually he gets to the point where he is bedridden. People have to carry him to his car or to his bed. And Aaron said uh, something happened to him that as his body began to change, so did his spirit. Aaron is naturally a confident, charismatic guy, but as his body started to break down, he began to lose that confidence. He began to be ashamed of his body, to doubt himself. And he says that would manifest itself in all sorts of ways. You know, while, while was normally had a very easy way with the ladies, he suddenly had a very short fuse because of his insecurities, and he would push people away. Not just, you know, romantic interests, but even friends. As, as he began to be able to do less he would shut down and he would stop reaching out to friends or you know they'd reach out and invite him to do stuff and he'd turn him down and and what he said is is even his closest friend from childhood after a while just stopped calling him stopped reaching out even with his extended family whom he loves he found this dynamic of they didn't know how to to deal with the changes he was going through and so he felt like he either had to to put on a show to be with them to pretend to be in that moment something he was not or to feel in a way that he was not or just to not be around them at all and as it became harder and harder to put on that show he found himself more and more distant from the people that he loves. Now it's a curious thing I find that Many people I talk to when a friend or a loved one is going through a tragedy in their life, they say to me, Pastor, you know, I, I want to reach out to this person. I love them, I care for them, but I just don't know what to say. And because of that, what I find is many people don't reach out at all. Say a loved one dies or some, a friend is going through a major illness. What I find is often people, they don't say anything because they don't want to say the wrong thing. Because they don't have words to make things better and so they don't want to put themselves in an awkward situation where they might make things worse. But something curious we see today in the gospel is that the disciples say to Jesus, increase our faith. And out of context, it may just seem like, well, we all as good Christians want our faith increased. But the verse before they say, increase our faith, is when Jesus tells them they have to forgive people who have sinned and repented. They have to forgive people up to seven times a day if they sin and repent seven times in a day. And in response to that, in response to hard relationships of not knowing how to solve someone's problem, the disciples say, increase our faith. We don't know how to do this, Jesus. But in the book of Lamentations today, God shows us another way to be with people who are going through hardship and grief when we don't know what to say. So we have over the past few months been following the story of Jeremiah and we have heard the prophet Jeremiah prophesy about the destruction of Jerusalem because of the injustice that was being committed there. And we heard last week how Jerusalem does actually get destroyed. And this week, what we hear is the prophet Jeremiah's response to the destruction of Jerusalem. To say this city that he loves has been burned to the ground. The people have been either killed or taken away as slaves. The prophet Jeremiah doesn't write to them and say, hey, it's all going to be okay. Here's some words of promise about the better times that are coming, or here's some helpful life advice to get you through that. Jeremiah will have words of comfort for the people who go into slavery later. But first, Jeremiah writes a whole book of the Bible called Lamentations. And it's a book just dedicated to being sad. It's a book that describes the heartbreak and the carnage of seeing your city destroyed. We hear today Jerusalem described like a princess who's been made a slave, like a widow, whose friends have abandoned her. We hear Jerusalem described as a place where even the streets and the roads cry out in sadness because no one wants to walk on them to celebrate festivals in the temple anymore. This is not a book of good news or comfort or joy. It is just a book of being sad together. Because the Bible understands that sometimes what we need in the midst of our grief is not a pep talk. What we need is someone to be with us, to share with us the burden and the pain that we are carrying. And the book of Lamentations does that. But so did Hessa. Because you see, when Aaron wasn't able to go out, to go on walks, when there were days when Aaron just had to lie in bed or sit in his recliner Hessa wouldn't abandon him Hessa would come up and snuggle up next to him and ask for hugs Hessa would wag his tail and Hessa would just put his head there on the cushion and look up at Aaron just so Aaron knew that he was loved yeah and Hesse would do this even when days would go by when Aaron wasn't able to take Hesse for walks. It got to the point where Aaron wasn't able to do his job as a teacher anymore. And and so Aaron thought, What will I do? Well, he ended up going and getting his PhD. He spent two years taking classes, lying in bed, typing. And while he did that, of course, he couldn't take care of his dog. And so his parents did. Aaron wouldn't see Hesse for three months' stretches, but as soon as Aaron would come back to visit, Hesse would once again do everything in his power to be right next to Aaron. It didn't matter if Aaron was dressed up in a suit, having just given a stellar presentation, or or Aaron was in sweatpants, not having bathed. Hesse wanted to be next to Aaron. Jesus says to his disciples after he after they ask for faith, he says to them, when you do what you ought, what you have been commanded to do, don't ask for thanks. Just say, we have done what we ought to have done. Jesus tells his disciples they are called to love each other, to care for each other, to forgive each other in the hardest moments of their relationship, not out of some expectation of reward, either in this life or the next, but because like Hessa, they would realize that their greatest joy in life was to be together, to care for one another, to love each other, and that would mean from time to time forgiving each other. That's what Jesus says the disciples are called to do with their faith and they won't even want a reward for doing it because that is faith. Faith is trust. Faith is trust that there is a God who can heal the brokenness in our lives, whether that's a physical brokenness or whether that's a spiritual brokenness or whether that's a brokenness in our relationship. Faith is trusting that there is a God who will care for us so that we can care for others. Faith is trusting that there is a God who will work through us to help bring healing and hope to other people. When we don't know what to say, when we don't know what to do, when we understand there is nothing in our power to change the situation, faith is that trusting God will still work through us in that moment. And at the end of the day, faith is trusting that our purpose in life, our joy in life, is to love and care for one another in the midst of hardship. Hesse, understood that and so we say that hessa and all dogs we say that they're faithful we say that they're faithful right they are loyal they want to be with us hessa was faithful because hessa never once doubted that aaron wanted to see hessa even when aaron didn't have the energy to go outside for a walk hessa never doubted that Hessa needed certain words to say to make everything better. Hessa just showed up for Aaron and lay beside him. Hessa never doubted that Aaron wouldn't want kisses and slobbers on his face, that that's all Hessa could give, and so Hessa would give it. Hessa was faithful. Hessa was full of faith. And Jesus says to his disciples, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would do it. Faith is a powerful thing. It can transform the world. And I will tell you, faith, Hesse's faith, healed Aaron. Maybe not directly in body, but in spirit, because you see, After years went by, Aaron went to do a a rare procedure down in Texas. And it helped him on a physical level. But even after that surgery, Aaron would have to do work to rebuild his body, to strengthen the muscles that had atrophied, to learn new ways to move and to be in this world. That meant things like going to Pilates with women who, shall we say, are much maturer than he is, yeah? But it meant going outside the door even when he didn't feel like he had the energy or even when he felt like no one would want to see him. But Hesse was there every single day saying, Aaron, let's go out the door today. Aaron, let's go for a walk. And some days Aaron wouldn't be able to do it and Hesse would say, okay. But the very next day, Hesse wouldn't give up. Hessa wouldn't write Aaron off. Hesse would say, what about today? let's try again. And bit by bit, Aaron would go outside. He would go on walks. He'd go to his Pilates class. He'd go to therapy. And he got a note from his doctor saying that Hesse was, was a therapy dog. And so he could take Hesse with him everywhere. He took him uh, to, to therapy and they would have group therapy and the other people would get so much joy from seeing this dog. Aaron would take Hesse to his office and his clients would be delighted to see Hessa, and they would build deep relationships. Aaron would would take Hessa out on walks, and and Hessa had this thing where Hessa would just go up to strangers and say, "Hello, nice to meet you today. Would you like to talk to me? Would you like to talk to my friend Aaron?" He even would take Hessa out to bars, He'd go into a bars, and Hessa would do the same thing: walk up to a group of people having drinks and say, "Hello, I'm Hessa. You'd like to meet Aaron? He's great." And Aaron would meet people. And Aaron would begin to trust that, hey, these people, they actually like me. They want to talk to me. They want to be my friends. Aaron learned to believe that about himself because Hesse believed it about him first. There was a mulberry tree in his heart preventing him from experiencing the love and joy that God wanted to give him. It was Hesse's face. Faith that uprooted that mulberry tree and cast it into the sea. Today, Aaron's health isn't perfect, but it's much better than it was. He's got a good job in the Glen County Office of Education. He's got a wonderful wife, two beautiful kids, and a golden retriever puppy named Lucas. And if you hadn't noticed already, they're all sitting right there. Now, Hessa isn't sitting there with them because of as about a year and a half ago Hessa is no longer with us on this earth but Martin Luther said be comforted little dog for you too in the resurrection will have a little golden tail for how could paradise be perfect if it did not have the love and faithfulness of the dogs who show us God's goodness every single day And so on this day, when we bless the pets in our life, I invite you to remind yourself of Hesse, of what it means to be full of faith, what it means to be faithful, to show up, even when you don't have words to solve anything, to invite, to invite, that's right, Lucas knows, to invite people, to be a part of your life, even when they say no, not to shame them and not to write them off, but to try again each day. And most importantly, to trust that God can always work through you, even when you don't know, say, know what to say or what to do, just by being there, God is present through you. May we have that faith, the faith that Saint Francis describes as proclaiming the gospel always and using words when necessary. Amen.